Okay, welcome to the first group call for our Staying Sober group coaching weekly calls. We do uh, one every week. This is kind of night lined up nicely, but this is the first call in the first week of the 10th month of the year. And uh, I'll just go through a quick little intro here. Um, my name is Kevin Gillespie. I'm 36 years old. I live in the Midwest. And uh, I'll be sober for five years next month. Actually, the, the 10th of November will be five years for me. Um, I put this together kind of to bring some of my experience to people that may be searching for something a little more out of their sobriety um, or people that are looking to get sober. And um, in a lot of the things I've been involved with, I've been more, more about the background. Um, but this time I've decided that I'm going to bring, bring a little bit more of my face and uh, and my voice into the mix and, and see, see how I can help people kind of a, you know, a one-on-one, -on -one, a little more intimate, a little more personal and, um, and just, and just see what happens. Um, the last time I drank it, uh, it caused me to be hung over for six days straight. Um, this was kind of the start of my rebirth and the beginning of my journey to learn that my limitations were completely self-imposed. Um, I started drinking at the age of 12 and, you know, we used to, we used to sneak sneak booze into the school dances and everybody got caught and it didn't really cause any, any immediate problems, but it caused long-term issues. Um, you know, we would sneak beers on our morning walks to grade school, which was <laughs> looking back on it. It's kind of funny thinking about children drinking beers in the morning, but, uh, you know, it was also kind of sad, <laughs> and and not not really the right way to go about living life as a uh, as a 13 year old or a 12 year old um i i found myself over the years never really going above the average or the norm and just kind of being being stuck because i was at, you know at the end of the night i was always drunk or i was you know feeling like shit because i I did whatever I did during the day and then I would just get hammered at night. Um, total bar star life of the party. We were at the, at the bars through, you know, through, through the age of 20, I think it was 23 or 24 for me. We were at the bars till four o'clock in the morning. Um, and it, you know, it made the next day pretty difficult, but I always got through it. Um, over time I started getting blacked out just completely on purpose. Um, I would drive my car into, into stuff, you know, light poles, other cars. I never hurt anybody. I'm thankful for that. But I also never got in any problems. I never got, uh, there were no repercussions for my actions. I had no lessons to learn. Um, cause it never affected me in, in any permanent way. Uh, anytime I got pulled over when I was drunk, I got out of it. Anytime I drove into something, um, that, didn't cause any bodily injury. I could fix it with money. Um, I drank like that and spent pretty much every single day teetering on the edge of losing everything because getting fucked up was way more important than, than anything. Uh, I prioritized drinking above myself, my family. I prioritized 
drug use over mental clarity, any of my problems that I had, I would just go down the rabbit hole of, of getting, getting hammered. If I had 12 beers in the fridge, I was having 12 beers that night. If I had a bottle of whiskey, I was having a bottle of whiskey that night. If I had a bag of Coke, bag of Coke was not to be shared. It was to be shoved up my nose and my nose only. Um, I knew, I knew kind of in the back of my mind that, you know, my family was only getting a small percentage of me solely because I, <laughs> I was just getting, just getting wasted. And, you know, when you're hungover, you're not giving anybody a hundred percent. You're not giving yourself a hundred percent. I would go to the gym at six o'clock in the morning and I was putting in just enough effort to get, get through the workout. Um, I started slowing down at one point in time, but just kept getting fucked up and and nothing mattered anyway. Um, like I said, I never missed hitting the gym every morning, never missed work, never missed anything family related unless I was working. Um, but you know, when everybody was asleep, I would just get completely trashed. And that was, that was the focus. If I can get through the day and just get trashed, that was perfectly fine by me. Um, you know, almost five years ago coming up next month, I gave up drugs and alcohol. And since I did that, I've made more money, strengthened myself and built, I would, what I would consider a wonderful life for myself and for my family. And I don't think that if I had never quit, I would, uh, likely still be a lesser version of myself. And, um, thankfully I'll never have to figure out if I made the right decision or what the other path would look like because I got out when I got out. But I know there's people struggling with, with that option. Well, you know, A or B and I I'm terrible at A or B choices. I've got a couple of friends and business partners that we, we laugh because, you know, when you choose path, a path B was better. If you choose path B path, a was better, but the only way to find out is, is just kind of jump in. And I've, I, I truly believe that choosing the path that I went down was the, the much more appropriate path and the better path um, for me and, and, and my life. Um, bad shit is going to happen regardless of sobriety, but I've noticed that when I'm, you know, as I've been sober, I actually get to feel emotion and deal with the facts of the situation versus either drinking or doing drugs to non numb the consequences um, and to kind of push aside what the matter truly is. And, um, you know, right, right after I had gotten sober, the, our family dog had died. We'd had her for, for 11 years and I had her all through the time that I was getting fucked up and she was my best friend. And that was like the first true test. It was, it was, uh, around Christmas time. And it was the first true test of if I could, if I could navigate a situation, while sober without caving in and, and crashing down and, and giving myself the option to get out. I didn't, I didn't give myself the option to, to drink or do drugs to, to, to handle the situation. I just handled the situation a hundred percent sober. Um, obviously I had my family, my, you know, my wife and my son to support me. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do any kind of outward outward search for help. I didn't do any, um, I didn't, I didn't do any, anything introspective either. I just kind of just kept going and dealt with it. Like maybe, uh, you know, a robot would, it was a thing that happened. 
and I, I kept going. I didn't, I don't, I don't remember crying. I don't remember any deep sadness for it. I just, I just existed through it. And that whether I was fucked up or whether I was sober, it happened and there was nothing I could do about it. And I can only control what I can control. Um, I'm thankful that I'm able to feel emotion now. I'm, you know, I, <laughs> I cry from time to time. I talk about what's really going on instead of just pushing everything down and getting fucked up to remove myself from the situation. But, um, I've, you know, when I was, when I was getting fucked up, I like, I, I recall like not, not having any, any emotion toward anything. You could, you could walk up to me and tell me that my mother died and I just, okay, let's get, let's get hammered. Um, in fact, I remember when my, when my grandpa died, I think this was probably 2013, 2014. Um, we, we had the, the wake for him and me and a group of my friends sat in my, in my truck and drank an entire bottle of Jim Beam. I mean, there was no chaser. We just passed around a bottle of Jim Beam and, and that's how I dealt with that. Um, I, I remember just being around all of the family, everybody was, everybody was sobbing and, and feeling terrible. And I was just a fucking slob, um, dealing with it in the way that I dealt with it, which was by getting wasted. Um, when shit sucks now, the only thing to do is attack it head on and not hide from it. You can't hide from, you can't hide from what's, what's happening. You can only, you can only embrace it and, and, and attack it because it's like i like i said it's it's going whatever happened happened there's nothing you can do about it you can only you can only deal with it head on and if you if you're if you're fucked up dealing with it you're either going to make a bad decision toward it or about it or you're going to make a you're going to make no decision and you're just going to get wasted and have to deal with it 5 or 10 or 20 years later whenever it all catches up to you um and it, again, you're going to just be dealing with it anyway. So you might as well deal with it like a human being and deal with like an adult and, and, and not just get fucked up to, to hide that emotion and hide what's truly going on. Um, my encouragement to you is to fight through whatever shackles you've attached to yourself because in most cases, drugs and alcohol didn't find you. I recall, I remember being in the dare program at my grade school and being warned about people trying to, trying to get you high and trying to get you drunk. And that shit never happened ever. Nobody was ever like, you should do these drugs. You should drink this liquor. It just kind of, we were just kind of around it and I had to make the choice to drink and I had to make the choice to do a line of Coke and I had to make the choice to smoke a bunch of weed or take the pills or do all the terrible things that I was doing. Um, whatever your addiction is, the, the only resolution is personal resolve. You have to, you have to make a resolution to yourself to, to quit. And you may not be ready to quit. You may not be ready to stop. You may not be, uh, prepared for it, but as with most things, or even, you know, most things in life, there's never going to be a perfect time to quit. There's never going to be a perfect time to get a new job. There's never going to be a perfect time to have a kid. Um, a lot of times those things are just thrown at you. And if you're, if you're not prepared for it, you're going to, you, you, you're likely to fail. 
So if you're, if you're thinking about getting sober or you're, you're going to get sober for somebody else, you think that's going to make, um, you make somebody else happy. You, you need to, you need to make it a, a clear point and clear understanding with yourself that you're, you're not going to get sober for anybody else. You have to get sober for you. Um, I never, I never convinced myself and I never had anybody else convince me to get sober whenever it was time to, to do it. I just did it. Uh, in 2010, I quit smoking cigarettes and I quit doing Coke full time. Um, from 2007 to 2009, I spent probably 50 grand or so on cocaine. And, uh, then January 1st, 2011, uh, is when I quit cold Turkey, quit cigarettes, quit cocaine at the same time. And that made me really ramp up my drinking and my, my weed smoking. I, uh, I had what was what I had dubbed the bedside bong. It was a, a little, a little, little bong. And I would just keep it next to my bed and I would wake up at whatever time and just get as stoned as possible because there was no reason to get out of bed and face the day sober at that time. Um, bad, bad shit happened and I, I faced it fucked up and, and now I have the opportunity to face every bad thing and, and bad decision that I may have made sober or not. I have to face it and face the consequences, um, without a crutch. And I, I had, I had attached myself to booze. I had attached myself to drugs. I had attached myself to pills. I had attached myself to, I mean, every bad decision. I mean, when you've got a when you've got a partner that's, that's an addict, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't make quitting any easier. Um, it makes it increasingly more difficult because if one of you slips up, both of you are going to slip up. Um, and, and I really, I really, really, really rely on my partner being as sober as she is. She's not a hundred percent sober, but she's never had an, an addiction. She'll drink one or two drinks a year. Um, no one, and, 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 and it's never been a problem for her. I, I wish I had that. Um, I wish I had that off button, but when I would, uh, when I would go out, it was, it was how fucked up can Kevin get? How wasted can he be? Um, I would fall asleep waiting for everybody to get out of the bar, sitting in the car. Um, thankfully I wasn't driving on most of those nights but I'd be sitting in the car at, at 10 PM while everybody was partying and I'd be the first one wasted and the first one hiding out in the car. Um, but it, it took, it took me realizing that I needed to, to get sober. It took, I, my wife never said to me, Hey, you need to quit. My son never, you know, he was two at the time. He never had noticed that I was a, you know, a drunk or a Coke addict or a, a pothead or a, a pill head or whatever. I, I just, I, he never noticed any of that. And I'm thankful that he had, didn't have to experience that, but I made the decision for myself. Um, if, if you've got, you know, if your solution or, or if you find solace in a higher power, whatever that higher power may be, then you, you can attach that solace to yourself. You're, you're the higher power. And to me, the higher power is, is just a, better version or a more cognizant version of yourself. It's like yourself from the future. 
So if you're if you're if you're higher power, and I I, I don't I don't believe that this is the the answer a hundred percent of the time, but for some people, having faith in in a being or an entity that that isn't you is great, but that's just a, you know, a sidecar to you. You're driving, you're driving the car. You're, you know, you're captain of the ship. The only person that can say yes or no to drinking or doing drugs is you. Um, and that's the reality of the situation. There's, there's nobody that can write your ship. There's no one that can, that can solve your problems. The problem. If you look at yourself in the mirror, the problem is you. If you're not confronting the problem, you, if you're not confronting the, the, the big, you know, the elephant in the room, then you're just going to be wallowing and, and dealing with, with, with the problems, with your crutch, with your, your drug of choice, with, with alcohol, with, with something that you don't have any control over. And that ultimately ends up controlling you. Um, one of the big reasons that I started this group and this, and this coaching style and this, um, you know, this, this Friday night meetup at 10 PM is because 10 PM is typically the time when on a Friday night, people are out getting wasted and, and trying to, you know, they've worked for the weekend. They deserve this. They deserve this time to get absolutely trashed. But in, in reality, you know, you still have to wake up tomorrow. It's fucking Saturday. That's not, it's not a, it's not another day that's going to get lost in the fold where you waste it laying around playing video games or trying to recover from being wasted. Um, it's another day that you can use to, to be progressive and, and move forward and, and keep yourself um, in check because there, there may not be anybody depending on you. I, you know, if, if you have a family, somebody else is depending on you. But if you don't have any family, if you're a single person, you, you're, you're doing a disservice to yourself. Um, and the power of this group is something that I actually conceptualized years ago, but I didn't have any experience and I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any, um, any ability to do it. I, I, I thought that that what I was going through was, was a singular event. I, I thought that anywhere I looked to get help was going to be just another dead end or a, or a, a bumpy road or an uphill battle, whatever cliche you want to think about. Um, I thought that, you know, <laughs> I thought that my, my ego would take a hit from asking for help. Um, and I, I wished at the time that I initially got sober and all, excuse me, all these subsequent years of sobriety, I wish that there was like a, a sounding board or a group of individuals that would support me that didn't involve AA. Um, I actually went to a couple of AA meetings. Um, and the first one I went to was in the basement of a church. And I had arrived at the time that was specified on the listing. They said, get there at, I think it was nine o'clock or eight 30 or something like that. I showed up and it was dark and it was difficult to find. And this is, this is not, um, this is not a slight or a, or bash on AA. I think it's however many people it's helped. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that there is a way for people to get help. Um, but when I got there, I was the last person by far the last person to arrive. I was, I was late. 
because the 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 event and the you know the posting for it had said be there at, at x time whatever it was 8 30 9 o'clock and by the time i had gotten there 8 30 9 o'clock everybody was wrapping up and finishing the, the room was you know packed there was probably 20 or 30 people there it was a small room like i said a church basement and finding the door to get in was damn near impossible but i found it and um and it it was just it was it was just as uncomfortable uncomfortable to to get in there as it was to to introduce myself you know hi my name is kevin i uh and i'm an addict and i i had to i had to raise my hand and i had to kind of insert myself into the conversation because they'd already been there for for hours and um and it was just super it was super uncomfortable for me um when when everybody left and we walked outside to this dark area around this dark church late at night. Um, I was approached by a gentleman that was pitching me on the idea that I had to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And I thought, you know, I've got, I've got, I've definitely have a problem with alcohol. I definitely have a problem with drugs. I have no self-control when it comes to these things. I wish I had control, but um, for me personally, 90 meetings in 90 days just wasn't um, wasn't an experience that I wanted to go through. I had already done enough damage to myself. I'm, I'm positive that I, you know, that I have respiratory issues from all the, all the cocaine and all the alcohol. Um, and I just wasn't really willing to submit to any more punishment. And I thought 90 meetings in 90 days, that's a fucking lot of meetings. And there's people that need that. It's like going to the bar. It turns into a um, <clears throat> turns into a meeting place where you're hanging out with other fucked up people that don't get fucked up anymore. So everyone's kind of commiserating and everyone's kind of uh, pushing you to to follow a certain regimented path that, in my opinion, doesn't work for everybody. And again, this is not uh, this is not a problem with AA. This is my own personal experience. And anybody can have a, a similar experience, but it's all going to be different. Um, and the truth about the path of sobriety and the path through sobriety is that we're in a new age where technology connect, can connect hundreds of people in one place where these people can interact and be together going through different struggles that all relate to the same thing. And that thing is addiction. Um, over the years, I've heard people say, oh, well, you just have an addictive personality. No, I don't have a fucking addictive personality. I'm addicted to drugs and alcohol. I'm not out addicted to, to writing novels. I'm not out addicted to running marathons. I'm addicted to, to, to mind controlling substances that numb and distill who I am as a person and have the, the power and, and capability to completely destroy my life. But I'm too weak. I'm too uh, egotistical and I'm too stupid to, to realize that and the drink and the drug are the one or the two things that I know are a constant in my life. And I can always rely on. I know that if I drink enough beer or if I smoke enough weed or if I snort enough cocaine, or if I take enough pills that that shit's going to work. Um, <laughs> but you don't know if the, you write a novel and it's going to be successful or if you, uh, if you run a marathon, if you're going to complete it in a time that's going to qualify you to actually win your, your medal or your trophy from it. Um, 
I'm the only, the only thing that I think I'm the best at. And I'm, there's the only thing I pat myself on the back on back for is, is being a, an incredible drummer. I've been doing that my whole life. And I, if anybody asks me about it, I'll talk about that. Um, but I, I know for a fact without even thinking about it, without even having to work hard at it, I'm automatically good at getting fucked up. And, um, I had a really good conversation with my son two days ago. We, uh, we have a, a park and kind of a path behind our house and he was having a really tough day. So we took the dog for a walk and had a, a little conversation about, about what he wanted to do. Um, we, we got him started with homeschooling. He's really loving that, but you know, we'd all been kind of, um, discussing and kind of trying to figure out what our next steps were going to be because he was, you know, he was fighting it every day and he's, he wants to get into soccer and or not soccer. I'm sorry, karate. And he wants to get into music and he wants to get into, uh, you know, he's in, he's in swimming right now and he's in gymnastics right now. And all these things are things that occupy his time. And, and he was, we, we had talked about how he, when he played soccer, he wasn't good at it. And it got me thinking, I was like, well, you know what? Dude, the biggest thing is that when you start something, you're going to suck at it. It's automatic. Unless you are uh, a world-class athlete right off the bat without having to try, then everything you do in life, you're going to have to work at. And that's okay. That's part of life. Life is not, you know, is not meant to be a cakewalk. It's not meant to be easy. It's not meant to be something that is... Uh, that doesn't have any reward and there's no, there's no reward without a little bit of hard work or a lot of bit of hard work. You can, you can focus on something and, you know, I've got thousands of hours into, into playing guitar and I'm a fucking terrible guitar player. I have all these guitars and I play them, but I'm just not any good at it, but I have thousands. I've been playing guitar for 30 years and I'm just not good at it, but I still love to do it. Um, but I, I, the, the, you know, the, the moral of the story or the, the outcome that I had intended for him to get out of that was that, you know, you're, you're not automatically going to be good at, at receiving change. And that was the part of the homeschooling that he was having trouble dealing with. He wasn't sure if, if it was for him, he wasn't sure if the learning style was, that was what he wanted. And it it, it, it caused a little bit of a rift for, for, you know, a couple hours throughout the day, but we got through it and life is good. But the biggest thing I wanted him to take away from it and from him to, to learn from that was that when you're, when you're starting something new, um, you're going to suck at it and that's okay. We all suck at stuff and we all have to get better at it and it all takes time and it takes practice. Um, and the same thing applies to getting sober. We're all so used to using, uh, getting wasted as an excuse because we're fucking good at it. If you go to the bar, you're, you're not going to have a hard time being good at being fucked up by the end of the night, because by the end of the night, you've already had your 10 or 12 drinks or your two drinks, whatever, whatever you, whatever you are using to get out of living life to your fullest potential you're automatically good at that because you've been doing it for so long. So the hard part is the change. Um, sobriety is the introduction of something new to your life. And it's a, it's an uncovering of emotion that you know you're, you have, but you're unwilling to admit that you have for, for my whole life. Uh, well, from the age of 12 on, um, I didn't cry. 
I would just get angry. And then in order to solve my anger problem, I would get wasted. And when I introduced sobriety, it forced me to change. It forced me to recognize that I have emotions and recognize that other people have emotions. And I, although I do still say whatever I want to whomever I want, um, the goal is the goal isn't it's to be myself, but I don't need, I don't need any type of, uh, you know, social lubricant to be myself. I just am myself and it's taken a long time and a lot of struggle, but I've, I've been me now for the last, you know, four years and, 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 uh, and 300 and <laughs> 335 days, um, you know, in another 30 days here, it's gonna be, I'll be able to say five years. Um, but there, you know, it was a change and, and it sucked and it was hard, but it was way suckier and way harder when I was getting fucked up. Um, one of my favorite tools that I've used over the last five years was a little app called Nomo, N-O-M-O. Um, basically you input your sobriety date and you can check in and you can, you know, look at how much money you saved and you can look at all the time you've saved. Uh, because I know I was spending two to five hours per night getting, getting hammered or, or getting so high that I didn't know who I was or where I was. Um, and that's part of the, the group or for me, that's part of the group as I use that. And I, I really truly wished I had found a, a, a group five years ago, but I'm, I'm ultimately very happy that five years into my journey, I was able to start something like this so that people that are either just starting their journey or are in the middle of their journey or 30 years in their journey can have somewhere to, to meet on a Friday night and, and hang out and kind of go through the struggles. I mean, every day there's something new that pops up that is either terrible or amazing, but I know that I'm going to be able to feel terrible and deal with it or feel amazing and, and be proud of it because I have sobriety in my, in my toolbox and in my, um, in my repertoire of <laughs> a repertoire, whatever, however that word said, all these, I have, I have tools in my toolbox, but the main tool is, is sobriety. Um, so you, you know, you're not alone. We're all together in this. doesn't matter what your addiction is. doesn't matter what your drug of choice is. doesn't matter what problem you have. Um, there's somebody somewhere in the world that's going through the same thing or something similar. Um, and that's the point of all this is so that we can all get together, talk all day and, and keep each other accountable for what's going on and be open and honest with each other, um, about our recovery. Cause you know, part of sobriety is recovery. And they always say that you're, uh, you know, you're, you're always in recovery. You're never out of recovery. You're never recovered. And I looked, I look at it a little bit differently. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily fight any temptation on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't have any, I don't have any reason to, um, to fall back into my old ways. I was just talking to my wife today about how, um, if somebody were to offer me cocaine right now, I would probably do it. And that's not because there was something bad going on. It's just something that I had a terrible addiction to, but ultimately I, um, I've controlled myself and I, you know, I really truly don't think that I would just 
do it if somebody handed me a bag of coke i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't do that because i know i'd lose everything for it you know with every with every with every uh opportunity whether it's a positive or negative opportunity there's going to be consequences or there's going to be uh, a successful outcome right so you know if somebody's going to offer you a drink or a drug it's up to you to say no. If you have the opportunity to go get the drink or the drug, you should be able to say no. You don't have to be powerless over something that has no bearing or should have no bearing on, on the outcome of your life. Um, so the goal of this group is to connect everybody together and 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 kind of coach coach you through what you can do and just have somebody to talk to and have a place to meet and a place to, to congregate, to, to go over what, what sucks, what's working, what's not working and, and how we can all work together. Um, so yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for joining up. Thanks for, for posting. Thanks for engaging. Thanks for commenting. And, and I love, I love hearing stories of um, a personal struggle that has a good outcome because not every personal struggle has a good outcome, but if you're able to overcome something as terrifying as addiction and you have some semblance of control in your life, that's fucking amazing. So thanks for showing up and uh, the recording will be available here shortly. And I encourage everybody to show up every week. I encourage everybody to, to post comment, share, and 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 make suggestions about how this can be a place where we can all get together and and be together and kind of go through this together because you're not alone.